All right. Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. We are back for another week. Uh, we trust everyone had a great Father's Day weekend. Um, Jeremy, I'm sure you had a good time with your girls and family. Absolutely. Um, and I, good. I uh, hope everyone else had a good time as well. Uh, those family days are so important, right? Uh, spend some time, slow down, enjoy. So anyways, we are back this week. Um, we have been talking about what happens if your broker dealer or your firm has been acquired. Um, maybe it's been uh, sold. Changes are happening. Every time a change happens, even if it's just on the back office side, it has some uh, big impacts that ripple through. Sometimes it is more immediate than other times, right? But generally, it's going to kind of ripple through the organization. Um, there's some immediate questions you're going to ask, and then there's just some things that are going to get it drug out by the organization in regards to um, what changes are coming as you try to get answers. So, Jeremy and I have been talking about this, trying to get a few things out there from what we've seen in our experience and um, answer a few questions as we go. So, uh, Jeremy... Uh, let's tackle a few questions today. Absolutely. So a lot of times I see advisors um, and offices that when they go through a change in ownership, consolidation, you know, something's happening, they just don't want to deal with it, right? Life is busy. <laughs> You've got enough things going on just serving your clients, being an expert at that, um, you know, and all the other things outside of work. And when some change happens that you are not initiating, you're not looking for, it is sometimes easier just take the path of least resistance, ignore it, and just move on. Some might say, you know, that's the head of the sand moment. I think you've seen that. I've seen it. Can you speak to a little bit about, um, to those advisors, like, what should they be looking for? Why pay attention to that? Why, why get distracted by some of these? Absolutely. And before I answer your question, audience, I apologize you don't get the beautiful background. We're going to go back to our challenge of I am now in Washington State with my family, and we are in between two of the largest peaks within Washington. So we are literally in the windiest city in all of Washington. So would love to hear who can guess that one. But I didn't think you wanted to hear the background of wind and cold in the background being outside. So Stacey, great question. And I call this the head in the sand approach. And what I mean by that is, like you said, advisors, OSJs are extremely busy with their day-to-day -day life, both with their family, with <clears throat> their practice and serving their clients. And so when change takes place or when you've been acquired, you want to take the path of least resistance of just saying, I'm going to put my head in the sand and it's all going to go away. And they're telling me nothing's going to change. And there's not going to be any roll-ups. There's not going to be any name changes. There's not going to be any changes to payouts and pricing. The reality is when you look historically back, everything changes. It's just a matter of when, not if. And we've seen that time and time again over our five decades of experience that things are going to change regardless of what these acquirers are saying, something's going to change. Now, some of that change may positively impact you and your practice, but historically speaking, a lot more negatively impacts you and your practice and your advisors. And so my point in saying that is, regardless of when that announcement takes place, whether it's, hey, you've been acquired, whether we're going through a name change, whether we're going through a roll-up, it's not the time to put your head in the sand. It's vitally important that you're at least conducting the appropriate amount of due diligence 
to just see what's out there. Because in reality, when those changes take place, they're not giving you three, six, nine, 12 months when they make those changes or implement those changes. It's typically weeks, if not months, short months before those changes take place. And what you don't want to happen is you put your head in the sand, those changes take place. Now you're left scrambling to hurry up and make a choice of where you're going to go. And you're starting from square one, which creates a lot of stress on you. Your family takes away from your clients because now you've got to pivot and put all your time into the due diligence process. And then it makes for an extremely bumpy transition. And so my point is, it's okay, and we do this with many clients, is to just put together a plan B of knowing what's out there, knowing what other firms are going to offer, know what their technology looks like, know what their pricing on advisory pricing looks like, and make sure that they're a right fit for you. Even if you don't move there, at least now you've already started that process. And, and I've preached this time and time again from the perspective of with OSJs, it is your responsibility to conduct the appropriate amount of due diligence for your advisors and yourself. So great question, Stacey. I'm going to bounce it back to you. And and we hear this a lot from OSJs of, I don't want to communicate to my advisors that I'm conducting due diligence because I don't want them to get scared and leave us or, hey, they're all loyal. They don't even know who my broker, who their broker dealer is because they rely on us. And so Given your experience working with OSJs, what advice would you give to those OSJs out there of when an announcement takes place, how they should communicate to their advisors what their plan is, not only for their practice, but the entirety of the group? Yeah, great question. And uh, communication, communication, communication. I I mean, I saw it. I know you've seen it from the back office side of any business, right? Uh, the more you can communicate, the better. And with your group of advisors, right, if you've got an OSJ, an enterprise, a group, um, they're going to get calls all day. I mean, and some of them are like, why am I getting so many calls recently? It's because, you know, advisors are uncertain with some of the changes happening, right? If it's whether your firm's been sold or other changes are happening. Um, and when there's uncertainty, some people are not going to take the head in the sand, not going to just they are going to proactively make sure that they're in control of their next step um, in regards to something that can severely impact their service to the clients. And so as you look around, I think that communication, especially if you're running an OSJ, an enterprise, it is so critical and key. Um, probably about a year ago, we had a group that um, had reached out to, to me um, and it, they shared the story of, hey, you know, we've got this group of X size. And they had lost like maybe their fifth advisor. They're like, what is going on? Why? So, I mean, they actually called the firm like, hey, guys, like, can you deal with anything? And, and they hadn't been able to recruit. There's uncertainty at the firm that they're at. The service was taking kind of a downturn. And um, advisors were starting to slowly just do their own due diligence. And so I think that's the downfall if you're not communicating, if you're not looking at a plan B, even if ultimately you don't make a change. And that's the decision that you come away with and you just kind of ride out the changes. At least if you can communicate, at least if you start saying, hey, we do have a team, you know, it doesn't have to be just one person looking at it. You can take your top advisors inside of your group and start doing due diligence and start just 
talking. We've seen groups even do like NDAs internally so that they can keep it kind of quiet. You know, as far as what research they've had, um, they kind of have a committee that helps make a decision. Or sometimes it's just a, a couple key people at the top and from the ownership standpoint. So lots of ways to structure that. We can actually help provide some guidance depending on each group's um, independent, you know, their needs their structure and uh, in, in how that's set up from a communication standpoint. But so many attractive things out there when you start looking at technology needs, um, transition assistance, um, you know, even growth opportunities. I've, I've seen time and time again where someone promised, hey, if you move, we've got a book for you to buy. Is that always true? I don't know, but, you know, sometimes if it's too good to be true, you got to ask a few questions, right? Um, but there, there's always shiny things out there that are attractive that um, you, you just want to be in front of. Yeah, and that's a great point, Stacy. is A, trusted visions in our team can certainly help with that communication plan and kind of map out what that communication plan is. And B, we see this all too often of OSJs we're working with or enterprises that call us and say, hey, I've lost three reps. I didn't even know they were leaving. Well, that goes back to your communication is key. So audience, we greatly appreciate um, your time. We look forward to your feedback. If you want to reach out to us and, and talk about a communication plan or, or our experience in, you know, being acquired and what that looks like, feel free to reach out to us. Stacy, go ahead and share your contact information. Yep. My number is 641-919-6722. My email is stacy.martin at trustedvisions.com. And you can reach out to me, 480-430-5012 or info at trustedvisions.com. We will continue this series next week. Hopefully, I'm in a better place where it's not so cold. But Stacy, have a great week. Audience, we greatly appreciate it.